0: Welcome to the Reality of Herbal Therapy podcast, episode 61, The Six Elements of Health. In this episode, we're going to go back to 2013 and have a class with Dr. James. How many of you would like to be healthy without a doctor's help? How many of you consider yourself health nuts? Okay? How many of you consider yourself health enthusiasts? Ah, that's, be- that's a better word. Health nut, health nut kind of has that stigma to it. Well, I am here to give to you my 30 some years of experience in, uh, in alternative health care. I've been in clinical work since 1980. Now, I say that, and that's really not very long. But when I talk to my kids, they go, you know, I, I guess it's relative. So what I'm going to share with you is some 30 years of experience, it's pushing 35, isn't it? Some 30 years of of clinical work. Now, I don't want to talk at you and assume I am dealing with your needs. So there's going to be times when I'm going to ask your opinions or what you think or your questions. You know, the word doctor actually means teacher. So, if I don't actually teach you something, then I'm not much of a doctor. I like being a doctor. I'm not one of those kind of doctors that, that, that the Creator has to co- consult with me to see if the sun comes up tomorrow. That's just not who I am. I want to connect with the people that I'm involved with. And so, those that are on the internet, if you'd like to ask questions, uh, just send an email and then someone here will read that, and I will answer those questions. If it is too late in our presentation and I'm unable to answer them on the air, then we will definitely answer it directly uh, through email. So at this point, are there any questions about what we're going to accomplish here today? I'm going to talk about six elements of health. Six elements of health that aren't taught in America today. In fact, I don't really know if they're taught much at all. So what we're going to do is I'm going to have my little girls hand out some clipboards and pencils and papers and things like that so we can be on the same page. There are six facets of health. Now, I list them upside down. Not because I'm trying to come to my climax of of number one's number one. Number one is not number one for everyone. It may be number one for you and your health, and it may be uh, number six for you. It just, everyone's a little, everyone's a little different place in their health. Okay? So I I list these upside down because I don't want you to think that number one is where you need to start. That's not where I want you to start. I want you to consider all of these, all of these, and work on them, and then find the ones that you are more prone to have less of it in your life. Now, we gave you out a CD today. What is that CD that you want, won? It says, Understanding PH. Okay, PH. Understanding PH is very, very critical. Who knows what PH is? He does. Popes. <laughs> You, you better have all the answers. Have you had all the answers in your life for her? Once. Once, okay. So she thinks because that one time you know them all. Okay. I'm not going to assume anything about pH. I want you to understand that it's an acid-alkaline balance between 0 and 14. This is acid. 0 is acid. 14 is alkaline. Now, 0 will burn you. 14 will burn you. Now, a person told me that oven cleaner is mainly alkaline. Now, I've never had alkaline, I've never had oven cleaner on my hands in in my life, okay? But it will burn you. It's just as caustic to your body as acid, swimming pool acid. We we need to live in the middle around 7 to 8. That's where we need to live in the middle. Now, most of the people that come to see me, when they come to see me, their, their pH is typically is around 5. Okay? Now, the other, element, the other facet, you want to know another one? Another one is food. Nobody knows what to eat. Nobody knows what to eat. You go on the Internet and you type in good or healthy diet. And, and, and look down through all of the information and nobody says the same thing. Why? Because our bodies are so resilient. Our bodies are so resilient that we can eat a bad diet for a long period of time and never know it. Because our bodies are so resilient. But there is a truth. There isn't a reality to what a good diet is. Now we've got clipboards out here. You're gonna get pens and papers, so you can write these things down. A good diet is known. We know what it is. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna share this information with you. Okay. Number four. Number four is fats and oils. Nobody. Nobody. In America, eats fat. They, don't try, they try to stay away from it. Fat-free this, and don't eat this fat, and don't, don't do that. I'm here to tell you that if you don't have a good dietary fat in your diet, you do not utilize vitamin A, E, D, or K. They're fat-soluble vitamins problems do we have is the result of deficiencies of A, E, D, and K. I have found in my own personal practice, those that have low D intake or D in their body, they use it as a marker of demineralization. I use it as a a seizure marker. I have found that pretty much every individual that has a seizure disorder has a deficiency in vitamin D. Okay, vitamin A. How many in America wear glasses? I think it's over fifty percent. Don't you think? I think it's pushing seventy-five. And you see these little bitty grade school kids with these glasses on. In vitamin A. I mean, we go to third world countries and we administer vitamin A to those people so that they do not uh, they do not have eye problems. Okay. In America today, we are pushing fat-free, fat-free, fat-free. Now, the fats that are in processed food you need to stay away from. There are good fats, and there are terribly bad facts, fats. OK? Avoid. If you want to be healthy, you have to avoid food. Additives. And products. Name me a food that's advertised on TV. Dogs. Food product. I'm sorry. You were the brave one. <laughs> a food. Name a food a food. This name that's advertised on TV. I had somebody gave me another one. I can only think of two foods advertised on TV. Oranges and bananas. Chiquita bananas. Okay. The rest are food products. Now, we're going to talk about food products and food additives. Okay. Now, the last one is exercise. You knew that there was a ringer in there, didn't you? Okay. Exercise, unfortunately, in America today. Do we have any gym rats in here? You a gym rat? You consider yourself a gym rat? You you in the gym more than three times a, two or three times a week? Once a day? Okay. I shoot for five, but I usually make four. Okay, then I'm going to affectionately call you a gym rat, and I'm not being critical. I'm really not. And I know that you're not taking that way. You know, gym rat. The problem with, with with exercise that I have as a physician is that exercise, if done improperly, is acidic. You know, no pain, no gain. Oh, worked out my legs and I can hardly work. I can hardly move. That's acid. It's acidifying your body. I don't want you down here. I want you between seven and eight. Mold, fungus, yeast, bacteria all die above 7.2. 7.2. Mold, fungus, yeast, bacteria, virus all die above 7.2. Cancer dies above 7.2. It's a fungus. No mystery about cancer. Every alternative health care art that deals with dealing with cancer naturally alkalizes the body. Now... I'm not saying I object to exercise, really not. I think it's awesome. There's also that endorphin rush that the gym rats have tapped into and that's what you enjoy is the endorphin rush, okay? And and maybe some of the things you're doing. But my concern is that this that exercise that my patients do, I have patients that have walkers and are in wheelchairs to athletes. The same form of exercise is good for everyone. It makes the body a synergistic unit. In order for you to get a good exercise, you've got to use every one of those machines. You've got to, because, you know, you're doing your abs, you're doing your, your glutes, you're doing your, you know, it just goes on and on. So you have to rotate around all those machines. And then if you have that ache, it's acidic. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying quit doing that. Okay, there's a way to get the acidity down so that you can benefit from what you're doing. If you're a gym rat, try to find their little mini trampolines after each rep and bounce on those. About a minute or two. Then go to your next machine. It will take the acidity out of the system. Okay, you know the old trainer, no pain, no gain? (laughs) That's not right. I don't like that pain. I don't like that pain. I want gain. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about these two elements in conjunction because they're very similar. Okay? Now, I want to know my audience. I want to know how... uh, I'm Dr. James. Who the heck are you? What do you want me to talk about? What are you interested in? What would you like to know? Do you mind sharing that with us? We're going to go over your head and you're thinking about it. What would you like to know? Over your head, yes. Yeah, so the, not the gym rat, the one behind you. Yeah, I'm going to let you think about it. You're not going to let me think about it? No, I don't care about you. You're my wife. <laughs> what would you like me to address, sweetheart? <laughs> Is it the only time I get to. Well, never mind. <laughs> Go ahead. Is there anything you'd like me to address? You're going to listen. Wow, okay, <clears throat> am I in trouble. Is there anything you'd like me to address today? Well, uh, Kind of sprung this on what you. What is, uh, sometimes we know that uh, explain exactly what is good to eat and what is uh, uh, good to stay away from eating. Okay, wonderful, I'm going to do that. We're gonna talk about that. When you leave you will have the tools to be able to make better choices. Okay, now it's your turn. Well, I don't know, he just told me I was coming. He was coming and he signed you up and well you got the door prize, so (laughs) Well he's not dumb, is he? No, we, we will address that. We will address that. That's a big concern for me. And, and when you wake up, is it because you're hurt or you just woke up? Well, you know, I don't know. Okay, two or three. That's actually a sign of genius because generally at that time, <laughs> she elbows her husband. <laughs> okay. Actually, if you're processing something in your mind, the mind wakes up early in the morning to give you the answer. So, when you wake up, you need to have a pen and piece of paper around. And, and then take time to think about. Now, I know you. a lot of times you think, I'm going to go to sleep, I want to go to sleep, I want to go to sleep. But if you've been processing things throughout the day and throughout, uh, throughout your life of trying to sort out answers or solve something, many times inspiration speaks at that time. So, take the opportunity and think, What am I thinking about? What have I been dreaming about? And write that down. And once you get it down, it's like cleansing yourself because it won't continue to bother you or want to inspire you. Many times it's inspiration. And then go to the bathroom because that's probably what woke you up into the beginning. And that's also a pH problem. It, and then go back to sleep. And it's easier to go back to sleep. Let me explain to you why it's a pH problem. Is that urine, our urinary tract system begins to start working at 4 o'clock in the morning, sometimes earlier, okay? And urine, if it's acidic, if it's down here, the body says, "Uh uh-uh, I want to get rid of this. Even if it's a trickle and a drip, it wants to get rid of it because it's on this side right here, acid side. Now, if you alkalize it and you come into this area, the body says, oh, I don't have a problem with that, and I'll just keep it. And then when you get up in the morning, whenever you wake up, normally it's like you get rid of a gallon, Because the body's holding on to it. If it's acidic, the body says, "Uh uh-uh, we got this. I'm getting it out of here. Okay? So those are the things that I would do. Try to alkalize your system. Fruits, vegetables are awesome to alkalize the system. Cheapest, easiest way to do it is to use distilled or reverse osmosis water only and use a teaspoon of baking soda per gallon. And drink that fluid throughout the day. We have a filter, uh, a filter in our second bathroom. And does it set the pH, or, or can you? Is it one of those that you can set the pH on it? Then I will set it as alkaline as possible. I prefer it around nine point five to ten. Yeah, ours will go up to ten. Okay, I crank that puppy up to ten, which means that it's more alkaline. And then for every 40 pounds, you may want to write this down, for every 40 pounds of body mass, you need one quart of water. Now, I prefer organic water, okay? I prefer water out of, uh, out of watermelons and cantaloupes and nectarines. That's awesome stuff. But regular tap water needs to be alkaline needs to be alkaline and that in itself may make a difference with your sleep problem i'm not now granted there are herbs that will tone up the nervous system that's what i do but just making these adjustments may make a difference when you wake up in the mor- when you wake up and you can't go to sleep instead of say, thinking oh my goodness i'm awake again i'm not going to go back to sleep listen to yourself and try to find out are you trying to give yourself your own answer that you've been seeking because soon you will begin to, I mean, these, <laughs> the, the CD that you have is me getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning <laughs> and sitting at my desk and, and, and emptying out what I was thinking about. Because my whole goal has been to train people to the proper use of vitamins, minerals, diets, herbs, so that they can take control of their own health. A lot of doctors spend just a few years collecting patients. I'm always seeing new patients because mine get better. A lot of, I have colleagues that say, well, you know, if you give them all the answers, you're doing this, are you going to give them all the answers? Yes, I'm going to give them as many answers as they want. I want people to understand this whole facility. 2,400 square feet of, of new facility. That we remodeled into what you should have saw the mess that was. To teach people, to claim their health, because there's so many things going on in our foods, and we're gonna I'm gonna take time and that's what we're gonna talk about. Is that we are part of an experiment. We're truly part of an experiment. Now we can't change those guys that are experimenting on us with let's see what this color error additive does to these people. Oh, well, it didn't cause too bad a problem. There's hyperactivity, but ah, that's an okay. We can sell them some Ritalin. Okay? So, so we can't change them. But I can surely put you on a path so that you can opt out of the experiment. How many wants to opt out of the experiment? Huh? Turn to your neighbors. I want out of the experiment. Come on, I want out of the experiment. Oh, be you know her. I want out of the experiment. That's right. Okay, I'm going to talk about the big experiment: food additives and food products. Now, you first need to understand that food has life. That's a, a wheat berry or a or a or a rice kernel. Okay? now, this rice kernel, this rice kernel, has the ability to be awesome food. In fact, in its normal natural state and cooked properly, it renders one calorie CPG, one calorie per gram. Some foods we eat render nine calories. Per gram, okay. Whole grain renders one calorie per gram, but we don't have whole grain in America today. We have a fraction of what it used to be. We have fractionated food. All this, all this stuff. You know, you've. Heard, how many do you know that have a, a gluten intolerance? I I I know a lot of people, and and if you listen, you'll start hearing. I have a gluten gluten intolerance. Gluten intolerance is because the only thing that we have in food products in most of the food we eat is the white part of the grain because they get rid of all of the all of this other stuff they get rid of the germ and the wheat germ and the wheat all that kind of stuff that's in here the potential for life and all the nutrients next to the bran okay They get rid of that, and all that's left is this, and then we begin to develop a a gluten intolerance or Crohn's or some digestive problem because we can't digest this anymore because there's not all this accompanying it. Now I want to tell a personal story. Can I tell a personal story? Grandma made the most yummy cinnamon rolls, and they were healthy. Healthy cinnamon rolls. You don't know how she did it? I would take the wheat and grind it fresh. And I would sift it seven times. Now, I preferred the one that you could spin. How many of us sifted wheat? The one that spin, uh, you could spin was much better than the one you did this with. Because you know, pretty soon you're just like this, and you wonder, how can I get my foot involved there? Because you're just tired. Talk about a gym rat. I was a gym rat. Because she made me do it seven times. But she would insist on me taking this, the, the siftings and put it in a pile, in a bowl. Seven times. And I tried it. I tried to do it six, and she knew. She could tell. Well, this flower that we got, she took, and she mixed with, with butter that we, Papa just squeezed out of the cow and made the butter, and she'd use molasses, and she'd, oh, it, they were to die for. And fresh uh, nuts uh, off the trees. You know why they were healthy? Because the next morning we got the floor sweepings, you know, the the tailings, the bran, all of this other stuff, we got it in our food the next day. Now, in America today, we never get this. We just get the cinnamon rolls. It's a fraction of what the food used to be. It's fractionated food. It's a percentage. Okay? We in America today, with food additives, eat things that aren't even food. I would much rather you eat sugar by the handfuls than eat artificial sweeteners. Because in my pharmacology, I use an herb that's beetroot. It's an awesome herb. It is absolutely awesome. It builds the blood. It helps the thyroid. It is an awesome herb, beetroot. But beetroot is the same plant that they make white sugar out of it 's a fraction of what it used to be. It still has food in it, but it 's like in the twenty 20%, per one twentieth of what it used to be now i 'm not saying don't say Dr. James said eat white sugar.'m i trying to make a point. I would much rather have people eat white sugar than eat the sugar substitutes that were never food. They were never food okay that 's where our that 's where our health begins to degrade. Because of additives that they add to the food that, that are not food. Okay? Is there any questions to this point? Okay. Tell another personal story? I had a mother. I, I didn't get your permission. Is it okay if I tell another personal story? Okay. I had a mother dragging a little kid into the clinic one day, and this little kid was pulling in. She was tugging. And, and she was just a little whisper of a thing, and he was, he was winning some of the time. And she'd tug him, pull him in, and set him down on a chair. And started talking. And he got up, and she picked him up, set him down on the chair, and then pretty soon she sat down beside him and put her leg over his legs. And I said, "Well, what seems to be the problem?" <laughs> As if I didn't know. And this kid was just just wound up. Well, in working with this young man, we we began to isolate the fact that he had food allergies. There was things that that really would wind him up and they found we found out because what we had done we found out that he was allergic to hamburger and i just you know it made my hair stand on end to know that this kid was allergic to hamburger well she could get a good cut of meat have it ground up and he wasn't allergic to it so i just stuffed it in the back of my head well he's allergic to hamburger well one day i was out shooting it, uh, sighting in my rifle and I had these shooter goggles on. You know, that's really cool. And I'm cool to begin with, but with these yellow shooter's goggles, oh, I, I was really cool looking. Okay. And I get invited by my wife to go shopping. I have a very important job shopping. You know what it is? I lift. And then I unload. Okay? <laughs> I We have 11 children, so I've done a lot of this. I lift and I, li- and I lo- unload. Okay, So... As a result of this, I was wearing my cool yellow shooter goggles, and I we were walking past the, the meat section. And I'd look at the cuts of meat and I think, oh my goodness, these are purple. And I pick up my glasses and they were red. And then I put them down. And some of them were purple, some were red. I, it, it just and then I realized, oh my goodness. I am seeing because of these glasses they're adding something to this. So I pick up the label. I pick up the package, I look at it, and it had nothing declared. Nothing. So I know that they can put stuff in your food, and they don't have to label it. And then just within the last few months, I guess, somebody was talking about pink slime. Yeah. Okay? I guess it comes from meat, but they have all kinds of colors in it to make brown hamburger look red so people buy it. That's what this kid was allergic to. Red dye is probably 75% of behavioral disorders. If you can get people off of all the colors. In fact, if you will, if you will actually, if you will actually take the time to look up what those colors and dyes are made from, oh. in fact, My last book that I wrote, Wisdom of Wellness, I had all this information about where red dye came from and what red-yellow dye was from, and and, and I began to compile these six elements in this book. And I realized, oh, my goodness, I don't want people to read my book and go, ooh, red dye is from, ooh. I didn't want that. So I I eliminated that, and and I wanted to be on the positive side of information. If you want to know what red dye is all about, go to the Internet, knock yourself out. It is eye-opening. And these children that are medicated and they sit in class because now they're taking a chemical and they're on task are treated improperly, I believe. These little guys need to be, uh, their diet needs to be looked at a little bit better so that they can not be lethargic. I want people to experience anger and happiness. But it not overwhelmed them. Now, red dye is insidious for this. Blues and yellows also. So anytime you pick up a package of food, start reading. I have a real good friend. He says, I read the first five ingredients, and if they're okay, I eat it. It's like, I read the. F- uh, if I was only going to read five, it would be the last five. Because that's where they hide all that stuff. (laughs) Uh, They hide all that stuff. And if there's colors or dyes or preservatives or words you have no clue what they are, set it down. Set it down. Okay? Uh, I need you to bring in, and on the Internet, we're going to talk about excitotoxins. Here we're going to pass out a page. Uh, Excitotoxins are added to foods. Now let me tell you what excitotoxins are. They are a chemical that are that's added to food to to make it taste better flavor enhancer so to speak, but they are very well documented in their danger to people and their brains they actually cause brain damage they also cause nerve damage. We have a a high incidence of alzheimer's dementias parkinson's and it's all can be attributed to Excitotoxins. Excitotoxins are terrible. Now, let me. We're going to come back to this wheat grain, I think. So I'm just going to turn it over. Excitotoxins. One of the most popular excitotoxins that pretty much uh, everybody's aware of, and most people say, "Oh, I don't eat that. It gives me a headache." Is MSG. MSG. What you need to understand is it's one sodium, monosodium and then the rest is glutamate now glutamate is an amino acid do you want to know the history behind this it's very it's it's quite interesting in japan they discovered a seaweed that would wash up onto the banks and why they decided that it was good to eat i i've not figured that part out but they, they drug it up and they started eating it, and they found out that, wow, it made, you combine it with other food and it, it's wonderful. It was called sea tangle. Sea tangle. So they would add it to food that just really didn't have much taste, but it was just oh, yummy. So then the other chemical type people decided, well, let's find out what is making sea tangle make our food so yummy. Well, they found out that it was. Tremendous amount of glutamates. So instead of marketing the C-Tangle, they decided we're going to make the glutamate, and they made it with a sodium molecule, monosodium glutamate. That's where monosodium glutamate came, was from there. Now, during World War II, um, I can remember my father calling C-rations something on a shingle. I mean, it was they were nasty. They were, ugh. and but the Japanese sea, r- sea rations were oh, were wonderful. So the the Pentagon, I mean, the three arm, the uh, five armed forces got together the Quartermaster Corps, and they tasted the Japanese sea rations after the war, and they wondered what is what, why is this so good? Because our men, they almost rebelled to eat this stuff. So they thought, we've got to figure this out. Japanese sea rations are yummy. We're going to figure it out. Well, they traced it to monosodium glutamate. So what they did was they gathered the food industry in America and had a, a, a big meeting and said, we've just dis- tasted this. Ooh, it's terrible. We don't want that. Taste this. Oh, it's yummy. It's the Japanese sea rations. The reason it's yummy is because of monosodium glutamate. And then the food industry began to put it into food to make inferior product food, food that doesn't have the vitamins and the minerals and the nutrients, just has white stuff. Nothing wrong with white stuff if it accompanies all the vitamins and minerals. But this would not stay on the shelf. White flour wouldn't stay on the shelf unless they brominated it, which is just one step under chlorine. Okay, They brominated it, and then they added monosodium glutamate to it to make it taste better. So... Another use for monosodium glutamate is to fatten up lab rats. Lab rats will not get fat. You cannot feed a rat or a mice enough food. You, can't, you can put them in a room with all the food they could possibly eat. They will not get fat. Their metabolism is six, seven, six times faster than our metabolism. And you can't feed them to get fat. Well, scientists, they wanted a fat animal. So they give it sodium glutamate, and it fattens up. They're called MSG mice or MSG rats. Then they can study the effect of some certain chemical on a fat critter. Okay? Nobody cares what we do to ma- mice and rats. Okay? So they do their thing. But what they have done is they've taken that same chemical, and they put it into our food to make inferior food taste better, and they're fattening up America. Now, 60% of Americans are not fat. They're classified obese. It's not their fault. We do not have a weak personality citizenry. We have a citizenry that have been experimented on, experimented on, and experimented on. I don't know, maybe the MSG people make diet aids. I don't know. There's a connection there. I used to have a, well, I still have the buddy. He's very cynical. He'd say, if you don't understand it, somebody's making money. (laughs) And and I used to think, that's terrible, Bruce. Why would you say that? But I don't understand it. Why would they put monosodium glutamate in people's food that has caused an, an abundance of obesity, They knew Alzheimer's and dementias, somebody's making money somewhere. I'm telling you, this information will free you and take you out of the experiment. The problem is monosodium glutamate is not the only word that they hide it in. The word seasonings, they hide it. I'm having Jim... Uh, give you a piece of paper that gives the common things that they hide them in. And those on the internet, it's in the download section uh, under excitotoxins. Not only does it make the American people heavy, but it kills and destroys nerves. How How many people's families are affected by Alzheimer's? I think pretty much everybody either knows someone or has a family member affected. These chemicals, they know that they do it. Now, another one is spices, seasonings, and then the one that really gets me is natural flavors. Oh, I'm in a health food store, and I'm going to get natural flavors because I don't want things that are artificial. I want natural. Well, I can name a lot of natural things you wouldn't want to put in your mouth. Okay? We're not going to go down that road. That's why this book is pocket-sized and not an encyclopedia. Monosodium glutamate is hidden every opportunity they have it has fattened up america a lot of people feel like well you know i i have to i have to eat but they feel guilty about eating i'm hungry but i need to eat but oh i i start eating and it gets carried away and i become compulsive it's not that they have a weak personality it's not that they have a problem it's a problem that they have an addiction with Glutamates. Now, I don't have a problem with glutamate that's in a natural food. You know, some foods have amino acids in it, and glutamate's part of that. But when you isolate the remedy, it becomes dangerous. Let me explain to you. What is the remedy to this room? Light? Is light the remedy? The problem is it's dark. Okay? So the remedy, as we apply the remedy then we're able to see each other, aren't we? So the remedy to darkness is light in this room. Well, if I look at it the way the, the uh, chemical industry looks at it, or the people that created monosodium glutamate, I want to make that electricity or that light outside of this room. Now, there's enough electricity in just this room to kill us all. And if we isolate it, and apply it improperly, or in large doses, oh, we'll just give them 90 volts instead of 95, because 95, their heart quits. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So if you isolate the remedy, which is glutamate, which naturally occurs in food, but when it's in a synergistic unit, like this room, there's there's conduit, and then underneath the conduit is Rubber or plastic coating. And then the wire that has electricity, they're separated from each other. But if we isolate the remedy, which is electricity, it's dangerous by itself. But in this room, do we worry about electricity in the ceiling? Not me. Not me. But when we isolate the remedy, it becomes dangerous. Okay, now are there any questions to this point? Anyone have any questions? Okay, so coupled with a diet that is just has this no vitamins, minerals, nutrients, very little fiber our digestive tract was designed to have bulk. The problem that a lot of people have is they don't have enough bulk in their diet, and that's why the laxative industry in America is so large. I think it's a million, billion-dollar business just selling laxatives. Why? Because we have no fiber in our grains. We have no fiber in our food unless we do it ourselves. They're also have decided, well, wheat germ oil, you know, we can sell wheat germ oil. We can also sell wheat germ. We can also sell the bran, the fiber for laxatives. Uh, We're going to do that, and then everybody can eat this. That's why we have so many problems, okay? Grain is a wonderful food if it's complete. It renders one calorie per gram. If you just use the red part and we get rid of the bran, it renders four calories per gram. Four calories per gram, which indicates which indicates the brand makes a better food. Okay? Now, excitotoxins. Excitotoxins and inferior or fractionated food is what we in America eat unless we make a conscious decision not to. A conscious decision not to. Now, I've spent a lifetime, looking for answers. I had a real good friend. I want to tell you another story about this, uh, another story, personal friend. His name was Bruno Grizzelli. He was a soccer player, professional soccer player. He was very famous in his day. When I met him, he he was in his probably early 60s, and he introduced me to the proper form of exercise. And I come full circle and find out that Bruno was right. But Bruno, he ate right, he thought right, he exercised right. He did everything correct that he understood. When I was in school being educated as an herbalist, I get I get notified by his wife that he had died. And I thought, wow. And I thought immediately, well, he probably had an accident, you know, Car accident, something like that, and then she said uh, Bruno died of a heart attack, and I, I just, I just couldn't understand it. An individual that exercised—I mean, he was a gym rat. I mean, he, 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 and he did everything right. He was not a hypocrite. I knew Bruno was not a hypocrite, preaching one thing and doing something else, but he did all the right things, and then he dies of an illness that in my estimation is reserved for those that abuse themselves. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I just couldn't understand it. So I stuffed it in the back of my head. Then when I was putting together this book, I realized that Bruno was one of the driving factors of the, the quest that I've been on my entire career of why did Bruno die of a heart attack. Why do, why, I mean, everyone in here raised their hand to basically admit they were a health nut. Why would we even mess with it? Why would we mess with it if our life was not better and we died of old age or or something else? Now, granted, if his number was up, his number's up. But I would much rather have seen him die from something that wasn't reserved for those that abuse themselves. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I, it just didn't work. Well, I, f- I realized the answers. Bruno did not underst- if because if he understood it, he would have lived it. He did not understand these six principles. And I believe some of it was oil, fats and oils, and I believe some of it was perhaps pH. Exercise, he had down pat. Diet, I think he pretty well had it. So, as I was writing this book, I realized that have you ever been driven by something you don't know until after it's over with and you go, wow, wow. Was I, I, was pro, I was programmed, I programmed myself to, to seek, why did Bruno die of a heart attack? Well, these six principles. I have spent hours and hours with patients trying to help them apply these six facets to their health. I have discovered the best way to do it. Just get a lot of people together and go over it. Two-day seminar. In fact, we just had one July 26th and 27th. That's why we we're rushing to get this building done. I mean, the, the tile, underneath the tile was still sticky glue. I mean, it, it was... And the paint was just barely drying. If I individually gave every patient that kind of time, it would take seven months once a week to give them the information that I gave them in two days. Personally, I think seven months is just too blasted long for people to understand this information. Now, those patients of mine that I work with, we continually to work on these six elements in their life. I don't want you to think seminar is the only way that you get this information. It's just the fastest because we're talking seven months to understand it. First day we go through it, the second month, second day we do other things in applying it. If you saw me in the clinic for seven months, once a week, you would invest $1,050 in your health. Now, I'm worth that, but I think seven months is just too blasted long to wait. So, gathering people together, this seminar, two-day seminar. When's the next one, Jim? October what? 18th and 19th? October 18th and the 19th. It's 490. Two days is 490. The reason I do this is because I want people to understand this information. I want people to understand this information. Now I want to share another personal story about utilizing this information. I had a young lady that she was about 150, seventy 170, five pounds overweight. And we were working through this information. We were helping her lose weight. She had lost about 75 pounds. She was doing great. And then she comes into the clinic. She had gone on vacation. She came in, and she had gained most of all of it back, maybe even more. And she was in tears. And I thought, oh, well, uh, we'll get you back on track. Don't worry about it. She says, you don't understand, Dr. James. You don't understand. I said, well, enlighten me. And this little girl, young lady, was just wonderful. But I knew her history. She had come from a broken home and had been in foster homes and had a lot of abuse in her life. And she said, Dr. James, men hit on me, and I'm this size. But when I lost that weight, it scared me to death. I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle that. And, and I didn't change my diet or anything, but it all came back. And we started talking. There are sabotage points in our life, triggers that keep people the way they are. The first day we're going to go through this information, you're going to understand it. The second day we're going to apply it in your life, and we're going to try to find those triggers, those things that keep you from be, being successful with your goals. Now, on the other coin, I had an individual on the other side of that coin, I had an individual that couldn't gain weight. And that's excitotoxin damage also. Now, if you're wanting to implement this into your life and make it yours, the big difference between me telling you something and then you taking that information, well, that was entertaining. But applying it into your life is true education. That's what we want. This seminar, if taken care of today, It's 270. Let me tell you why. From the depths of my soul, I want you to know this information. And it's easier for me to gather a group together so that you can understand. In fact, the dynamics of the group is awesome. Because you'll ask a question that she'll go, oh, wow. That's the answer to what I've been looking for. And we keep it small enough that it's, you know, we keep it 30 or 40 people because I don't want people to get lost in the crowd. I want each and every individual to go away from that, knowing that every question that they had was answered. Then after that, we have a weekly support group. Come in. Talk to me. Talk to Veronica. Find out what you can do because there's an eight-week clean program that we use to, to stop the damage of excitotoxins, colors, dyes, and put your life back on track. It's a cleansing process. The reason we are in the position we're in is that our livers have been damaged to the point where they do not process properly. I want you to get past that. I want your body to be clean. I want you to be have the health that you want. That's why I do it the way that I do love to have you here now are there any questions to this point my guarantee to you is that this information is life-changing life-changing and if there's triggers that you have that keep you where you're at you'll know what they are when you leave we have the process of being able to and not everybody else knows your secrets you know you'll come to that recollection yourself personally because of the process that we use so i would love to have you here and all those on the internet that are interested go to the link so that you can make this available in your life i am grateful you were here if you want to come to any of any other free classes great you may pick up this information here and there I don't want you to ever think that I'm keeping it a secret because next time I'm going to talk about another element. I want people to understand. And this information I gave you, copy it. Give it to people. I I want those people that you... I don't know your friends. You do. Give them the information. Excitotoxins. I mean, has that been new to you? Is that information new information to you? My goodness, we're guinea pigs. Let's opt out of the experiment. Let's opt out of the experiment. It's been grateful. I've been grateful having you here. I'm going to close unless there's any questions. Wow. No questions? Yes. I have a question. I don't know if you want to answer it now. In in your book, you were talking about avoiding um, coffee, uh, green tea, Mm -hmm. tea. Three to five cups of coffee a day have fewer heart attacks and fewer problems from that. So I was curious what. It how, how I justify that? Okay, who do you think paid for that study? Coffee. Of course, okay. And let me liken it to uh, aspirin. Baby aspirin has the, the reputation of being good for cardiovascular health. Well, the way you want to know how that happened? It happened because. Advil and Tylenol and ibuprofen and all that painkillers were coming onto the market. Aspirin pretty much had the corner on over-the-counter painkiller, and then they started being utilized, and they thought, oh my goodness, we're going to die. We need to prove or find something that it absolutely is critical that they take. So they decided, okay, coronary heart illness, that's the direction everybody's going to, so they commissioned a study to prove that aspirin was good for coronary health, and it failed miserably. Okay? They did it a second time. It failed miserably. Then they succussed it or buffered it with magnesium, and it showed significant change. Now, in my head, I would think it wasn't the aspirin that did it. It was the magnesium. So generally, I tell my patients, if you're doing a baby aspirin, you're wasting your time because uh, it's not the aspirin. It's the magnesium. And take a little bit bigger uh, amount of magnesium. Uh, 88 milligrams of aspirin, there's still not much magnesium there. So uh, antioxidants and it, that you find in wine or coffee or teas and things like that are advantages, yes, but they, the, those particular products are so acidic it outweighs their advantages, okay? Coffee is terribly acidic. I mean, we're not even going down the caffeine and all the other stuff. Just merely the pH uh, makes it very, very uh, undesirable to me, okay? Um, You can find all kinds of good stuff all all kinds of different places, but uh, not enough to make a significant change, okay? So that's the only way I can answer that for you. Any other questions? Magnesium is the same thing, uh, or, or is the thing that uh, thins the blood. Because aspirin, uh, that's what they say that aspirin thins the blood. That's why it helps the, the cardiovascular. Well, aspirin, aspirin is a toxin. Okay, magnesium does uh, has a has an effect upon the bowels as far as loosening them and making them more productive, and it also. Has a thinning effect in the blood. Okay, aspirin. It, it, aspirin will do that, but it's the magnesium will also do it. But in a study, cardiovascular health was significant. They could see some difference with a buffered aspirin. So that's how they kept their market share was by cussing it with with uh, magnesium. So you uh, also uh, another test that they did was they want the egg industry wanted to prove that it. That eggs didn't have cholesterol in them, so they found a group of people that had high cholesterol, very high cholesterol, and they gave them one more egg a day, and they, so that they, they could say one egg a day doesn't significantly significantly increase serum cholesterol because they used a group that already was high, and one egg wasn't going to do it. Now. In my est- I had an, an individual that just couldn't give up eggs. I mean, the guy ate so many eggs, I was surprised he wasn't cackling. Okay? But it, we went to uh, fertile eggs, and then the cholesterol began to come down. Okay? Cholesterol is not the problem, cholesterol is not a killer. Cholesterol is merely t- only tested to sell you a statin, which is dangerous. It destroys muscles. They say, oh, uh, uh, an un, a very uh, rare side effect. No, everyone, everyone is has a problem with that. In fact, one of the things that a lot of people believe is that I'm going to be prescribed this chemical. Now, I know that it has a lot of side effects, but in the back of their mind, they really truly believe that their doctor knows something else that's going to keep them safe from it. He knows nothing else. He's just gambling. Anybody's taking more than two pharmaceuticals, the third one is to counteract an effect of another pharmaceutical. When you isolate the remedy, it becomes dangerous. Where do you get fertile eggs? you have to have a neighbor that has a, a rooster in the hen house. It can be done. I mean we uh have chickens running around okay Our eggs are fertile in fact our, I just had a mama show up with a little little bitty peep the other day, so um we know they're fertile, okay? But the act of fertilization creates lethicin, which negates the, the cholesterol factor there. But cholesterol is not the problem, okay? You can lower serum cholesterol with just using good oils. Coconut oil is probably one of the best oils you could possibly use, but it must be unrefined. Unrefined, okay? Very hard to find, too. Health food store. Coconut oil, in fact, lauric acid is a medium-chain fatty acid. And we talked about, I told you that there's a class of food that renders 9 calories per gram, that's fats and oils. They render 9 calories per gram. But coconut oil, because it's a medium-chain fatty acid, only renders 7.2 calories per gram. And it doesn't require digestion. It is put into the system, and it is absorbed by the portal vein and goes directly to the liver to be used as fuel. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. You know why we don't use coconut oil in America today? We lost the Philippines in the war. So the seed industry ramped up their production because, hey, we got a great opportunity. People aren't using coconut oil anymore. So then when the Philippines got freed, they had to have some reason to prove coconut oil was bad. So they did. They proved coconut oil was terrible. It caused... Uh, clogging the arteries. It was terrible, terrible, terrible. They have those studies. You know how they did it? They hydrogenated the coconut oil before they did the test. Mm -hmm. So tests to me don't mean much when I know the physiology of a lot of different foods and things like that. Internet, we're up at 3 o'clock. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. So... We're on Saturdays and Thursdays and Fridays. Look at our schedule and join us again. It's been great having you, and I'm going to be hanging around. If you have any other personal questions, I'd be more than happy to answer them for you. Thank you so much for being here. It is not the intent of professional herbal instruction or any persons associated therewith to diagnose or prescribe. The intent is only to offer herbal information for your consideration. In the event you use this information without your doctor's approval, you are prescribing for yourself, which is your God-given right. But professional herbal instruction or any persons associated herewith assume no responsibility. The claims and statements made on this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.